Hello, and welcome to Clothed with the Sun, our daily reading of the Gospel and a brief meditation. I am James Thomas. Today is March 20th, 2023. Today we celebrate the Feast of St. Joseph. It is also the first Monday, I'm sorry, it's Monday of the fifth week of Lent. Our reading is from the Gospel according to Matthew. Jacob was the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary. Of her was born Jesus, who was called the Christ. Now this is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. When his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, but before they lived together, she was found with child through the Holy Spirit. Joseph, her husband, since he was a righteous man, yet unwilling to expose her to shame, decided to divorce her quietly. Such was his intention when, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary, your wife, into your home, for it is through the Holy Spirit that this child has been conceived in her. She will bear a son, and you are to name him Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. When Joseph awoke, he did as the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took his wife into his home. So today, what can we talk about except St. Joseph? St. Joseph is a very, very important person in the life of Christ and in the history of the Church. For those of you watching The Chosen, the TV series, we've only seen a little bit of St. Joseph in a couple episodes where we saw the birth of Jesus and the different events that happened around that. But there was a very moving episode in which Jesus visits Nazareth, and it's based on that passage of the gospel where Jesus goes to the synagogue in Nazareth. He reveals in so many words exactly who he is, that he is the Messiah, among family and friends and people that he grew up with, and they get very mad at him. They actually try to kill him. They try to throw him off a cliff, but he's able to get away from them. He goes through the crowd, and he escapes unharmed. But when he realizes now that he has to leave Nazareth, leave the place of his, not the place of his birth, but the place of his growing up, place where he lived for many years, he has to leave his family and friends and the comforts of home. The thing that Jesus is most upset about is that he will never go back to visit the tomb of St. Joseph, his father here on earth, his foster father. Never thought of that before. And it was very moving. When we see Jesus, his humanity and also his heart that is very tender and sensitive and goes very deep. So that was a beautiful scene. Jesus became very attached to St. Joseph. Jesus knew full well that he's the son of God. At least at this point he did. And he knew that he, Joseph was not his true father, yet still he loved him. He very much appreciated who he was. And it just goes to show for all of us what an important person St. Joseph is and uh, what we can learn from St. Joseph, what we can take from St. Joseph. There are so many things to say it would take many hours, but I wanted to focus just on a couple of things. I'll start with a little story. I had a friend many years ago who told me a story. It was a big part of his conversion to the faith where, I mean, he had grown up Catholic, but he wasn't really that serious about his faith. And he had a father that was very abusive. And one day when he was in his, I would say his early 20s, he was working on a construction site. 
and he had a couple minutes off. He had a little bit of a break. And he went, took a little walk by himself, and he just started to pray. He was thinking about his life. And he said, Lord, you know, you've given other people this or that, good families, bad families, good things, bad things, maybe money, maybe fame, this or that. And he said, what you've given me is a lot of pain. I don't remember if he exactly said, Lord, you've given me that. We know God doesn't intend bad things to happen to us. He permits them. But anyway, my friend was saying, Lord, the life you've given me, it's really been the pits. It has stunk. It was, it's been horrible, largely because my father abused me so much. And he said, Lord, and he was really just pouring this out from the depths of his heart. Lord, you know, you think maybe you could give me a good father. Maybe at this point, if I asked, you would give me a better father. Lord, could you please give me a good father? I know it might be late to ask this, but please give me what I need. And he said, right after he said this prayer, a friend of his from the construction site came over to him and said, hey, uh, you're Catholic, aren't you? He said, yeah. He said, well, yeah, somebody just gave me this. Here, why don't you take it? I, I, I feel like you could get a lot of, get, get some good out of this. And he handed it to him, and he took a look down into his hand after receiving a holy card, and it was a holy card of St. Joseph. And he said, okay, Lord, thank you. He realized that was the answer to his prayer. And uh, this friend of mine is now deceased, but he prayed a great deal to Jesus through the intercession of St. Joseph after that. And he always looked to St. Joseph as his father, as a model and as a guide and as an intercessor. The church recognizes St. Joseph as the patron of the universal church because he was, in fact, the uh, father. I don't know how else to say it. Father is the best word. There are many other words we can use. Protector, provider, etc., leader. But he was the father of the Holy Family, the original domestic church. When Christianity was technically founded, we could name many moments in which Christianity was founded, but there is hardly a better moment than the incarnation itself, the Annunciation when Jesus takes on flesh in the womb of Mary, and a family is formed. Joseph and Mary are married. Jesus is not the biological fruit of that union, but he is still a fruit of that union. And Jesus as man, of course, God and man, is the greatest fruit that the human race has ever produced. God, rather, through us. So Joseph, I'm sorry, was the father of that family, the protector of the Savior. So Joseph, among many other things, Joseph is patron saint of fathers, patron saint of men, patron saint of workers, I've heard beautiful talks over the years of Joseph being patron saint of people that suffer. Joseph suffered for his family and in doing so taught his son in his humanity how to suffer. Joseph sacrificed. He was a great man of sacrifice. Imagine being married to the most beautiful woman ever created and then realizing, well, it's not going to be that way in terms of a regular marriage, that she is rather married to God. She is the spouse of the Holy Spirit. She's going to be the mother of the church. So therefore, their relationship is not the typical relationship of husband and wife. Joseph has to suffer a little bit in that. He has to make a sacrifice. Yet at the same time, look at what he gets in return. His spouse is 
the most fantastic woman ever made, the most virtuous, the most good and kind and charitable woman ever made. But Joseph has to suffer. Joseph has to protect his family when the king is trying to kill Jesus. And in doing that, is, is basically trying to do that, is killing all the babies. Joseph has to escape in the middle of the night. Joseph has to run, take his family into Egypt, into a foreign country. Joseph then has to earn a living. He has to find a home for them. Joseph was trying to find a place for them in Bethlehem. Ultimately had to take his family and his wife, who was about to give birth, to a stable. There was a lot of sacrifice in that. Joseph, there are many sacrifices we could speak of. One in particular is when we see Jesus at 12 years old, having the family having lost him. He is 12 and he's gone into the temple and he's interacting with the elders in the temple, probably teaching them a great deal. Mary thinks she's thinks that Jesus is with Joseph. Joseph thinks Jesus is with Mary. They realize he's missing. They're frantically looking for him. They go back to Jerusalem. When they find Jesus in the temple, Mary, who, by the way, does all the talking, Joseph never says a single word. He's a smart man. Mary says, Son, why have you done this to us? Your father and I have been looking for you. Father is with a small f, by the way. And Jesus turns very simply to his mother and says, Did you not know that I have to be in my father's house? Father, capital F, meaning God the Father. There are other translations that say, Did you not know I have to be about my father's business? Still pretty much the same thing. Jesus at that moment is saying to Mary, Oh, see that guy Joseph over there? I do love him, but he's not my dad. It was a revelatory moment. I mean, who knows? They've probably discussed it before. Maybe, who knows? Maybe they didn't realize that Jesus knew. I don't know. There's so many little particulars there that we could debate about. But the fact of the matter is, Jesus is definitively stating, Joseph is not my father. Joseph, there's a, there's a dying in that. There's a dying to self. There's a pain in that. Yet at the same time, once again, it's the ultimate honor. He was chosen to be the custodian, redemptoris custos, custodian of the Son of God. He is the Father on earth of the Son of God. When Jesus talks about his Abba, which is the most important thing to him, it's the center of his life. It's the thing most near and dear to Jesus' heart. He loves his Father in heaven. He wants to bring us into union with the Father in heaven. He talks about his Father all the time. Yet, in his humanity, he might probably doesn't have an image for the Father. I mean, in heaven, yes, the Trinity, they're all together. They know each other perfectly. They're trying to draw us into that union. That's the ultimate goal. But while here on earth, Jesus is dealing with these mysteries, just like we do, except he's perfect. So he's dealing with it all in his humanity. And so his image in his human brain of the Father is, guess who? St. Joseph. So look at how important St. Joseph is to this story. We're told St. Joseph is a just man. Of course, there's speculation about you know, if Mary had to be without sin to bear the Son of God and to raise the perfect man, does that mean Joseph perhaps did as well? Well, we can figure that out after we get to heaven. We have no teaching on that. We don't know that for sure. Is it possible Joseph was assumed into heaven? We don't know. Joseph, however, is the patron saint of a happy death, so I think that's kind of says something to us uh, about, you know, Joseph in fact dying. 
we hope to see Jesus and Mary when we get to the other side and then welcoming us into heaven. Joseph had Jesus and Mary on this side, preparing him to uh, to meet the Lord and go the in the opposite direction. Who knows about all these little mysteries and how it all went down, but that's another thing Joseph is patron of, uh, a happy death. So we pay, pray to him through his intercession for those that are dying, those that have died, etc. So Joseph taught Jesus how to work, and Jesus carried out the work of our salvation. Joseph, I mean, just so much about Jesus as a man that was so important for his mission. Joseph taught him how to be a man on a, on a human level in this world. Joseph taught him how to be the, found, the founder, father of a family. Jesus founded the church. Who knows how many human skills he learned from Joseph and Mary as well that then benefited him in the work that he had to do. One thing that is my particular favorite to really meditate on and think about is Joseph as a model of prayer. Imagine knowing that that baby you hold in your arms is God. Imagine having a deep understanding of the humility of Almighty God. See, we see the end of the story. We know, yes, he died on the cross and we can meditate on all of that. All those details, how much God loves us that he went through all that. We can also have that fuller understanding of the big picture, knowing that Jesus rose from the dead and ascended into heaven. Joseph, however, didn't see the end. He knew something was coming. We don't know exactly what he knew. But he knew that this was God that he held in his arms. And he knew that God had humbled himself to become a baby. You know, uh, Joseph, I mean, imagine the job that Mary and Joseph were given that they had to perfectly raise this kid. They had to protect him. I know so many parents, so many of my friends that have become parents where they're just scared to death, especially with that first child, to do the wrong thing, to hold the child the wrong way, to feed the child the wrong food or the food in the wrong way or at the wrong time, to mess things up with the child's sleep. I know once parents have had a number of kids, they uh, worry less and less about these things. It's old hat to them. And they realize kids are a lot more resilient. But I mean, imagine Joseph holding this fragile little child that he deeply loved, that it was his job to protect and to care for and to help nurture into a man, and that this is Almighty God. And it's a great image to meditate with, Joseph holding this baby and just adoring him in his own arms. When we receive the Lord in Holy Communion, what a great inspiration. What a great thing to meditate about. Mary holding that baby. Joseph holding that baby. We get to hold the Lord within our hearts after we've received him. We hold the Lord in many ways. When we hold one another in different ways, whether emotionally or even physically. When we have the opportunity to show charity. When we read the word of God. That's another great way that we hold Jesus. We hold him in our minds. We hold him in our hearts. Joseph held Jesus' physical body while Jesus was here on earth 2,000 years ago. So, once again, great thing to meditate on. What did Joseph think about? What did Joseph see? How did Joseph go deeper in his own faith, just looking at Jesus when Jesus laughed, when Jesus cried, when Jesus sneezed? Whatever it might be, it's such an amazing thing to meditate on. And Joseph didn't just get to experience that amazing moment in human history. 
But Joseph was part of it. Joseph, in a way, was in charge of it. There's a certain irony when it comes to the family, especially the Holy Family. In the Holy Family, and this is a great lesson about Christianity. Once again, going back to Mary's Magnificat, as I was talking about the past couple days, there's this theme of God lifting up the lowly and taking down those that are on high. Joseph was a man of poverty. Joseph was a man who had to work hard, and he taught Jesus that. He lived in that poverty. But uh, Joseph was, even though he was the father of the family, he was the head of the family. I mean, Christianity recognizes the father as the head. Very often we speak of the mother as the heart. The mother very often is the power behind the throne. But still, in the holy family, the greatest member of the family is the weakest, the least, the baby, Jesus himself. And then we have Mary as the Immaculate Conception. And all we know about Joseph is that he is a just man. We've never really focused on, any, you know, even though I said it early as mere speculation, we've never officially in any way recognized Joseph as being, uh, you know, another Immaculate Conception or anything like that. It's pure speculation. That's all it is. But... Joseph, so yeah, we, I mean, I've joked over the years when talking about this, you know, if something breaks in the house, well, you got two other people that are perfect, so guess whose fault it is? Somebody left the door open, guess whose fault it is? It's not going to be Jesus or Mary. Poor Joseph, huh? But who knows? Who knows the exact story? All we can do is speculate, meditate on it, and take great joy in it. But yes, Joseph had to be a man of great humility, and so Jesus, throughout his life, as he endured the cross, as he taught as he had to stand up to some pretty scary people, I'm sure those Pharisees were very intimidating, it was so much that he received from St. Joseph, informing him to be a man that made him the God-man, that made him our perfect Savior, Jesus. And I know this is a challenging thing to even talk about exactly with Jesus' development. We believe that Jesus, yes, he's God, and yes, He's being informed and he's being inspired. The Holy Spirit is leading him to perform miracles and cures, etc. Yet still, he lived a human life. So he had to grow as man. He had to develop. He had to grow in knowledge. He, uh, he went through all the same things that we go through, except that he never sinned. So his development, his family, those that mentored him and tutored him in his humanity... So very, very important. So we thank the Lord for this Feast of St. Joseph today. We thank you, Lord, for the man, St. Joseph, for his intercession for us and for the church, for his great example. And, uh, you know, just that we know we have, uh, we have so many, I want to say resources, but it's so much stronger of a word that's needed here. We have so many intercessors. We have so, the Lord is so good to us that he gives us these great saints, he gives us these angels, and they just love us. Joseph loves us. Joseph wants to be a father to every single one of us, and Jesus very freely shares his Abba on earth, his daddy, St. Joseph, with us to help us along our way. Hope everybody has a great feast day. God bless you.